You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 118. We're now in the final week of May 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Here to recap the week in WWE, there is a new WWE champion. We have uh, the framework of a card in place for Money in the Bank. Uh, WWE's on the road to extreme rules. And we will talk about the Backlash show that we previewed last week and that uh, attempted to ruin our lives uh, this, this, past, this past weekend. Uh, there was also a very good NXT TakeOver show. I guess let's start with some positives here. That NXT TakeOver show, Liam, was awesome. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was great. Uh, absolutely great. Um, a lot of stuff that I didn't really suspect, like, uh, you know, no offense to any of those UK guys, but I think we've been clear on the show that, uh, you know, we outside of that UK tournament, we're not super familiar with any of those guys. And uh, yeah, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn just tore the freaking house down. Um, opener was it was uh, opener was good. Women's match was every match on that show was you know was was good. Um, thought- some of them were great. I thought the women. I thought the finish to the women's match was ridiculously flat. But I wouldn't. That's the only kind of minor point I would disagree on. I I enjoyed the rest of the show. Yeah, I like to point out you called the scoop. The ladder match ended the show, and um, and of course the big surprise angle. Eh, I mean they they telegraphed it over the last five minutes of the show, but uh, they had kind of dropped teasing dissension with DIY really since. I want to say since like the Cruiserweight Classic last fall, and then uh, Gargano turned on on Gargano after DIY lost uh, the the main event there. Turned on himself? Uh, I'm very tired. Uh, (laughs) Ciampa turned on Gargano. That's, I believe, what I know. I know Johnny Gargano's pretty talented, but that would be... (laughs) I don't know if he's talented enough to feud with himself. If there's anyone in that company talented enough to do it, how does Russo never book like, like Mick Foley to have a match with himself, or like, <laughs> like he comes out like half Cactus Jack, half Mankind clothes, like split down the middle, and like punches himself and takes bumps and. There's a lot of 1997, 1998, 1999 Raws on the network. I haven't worked my, my way through yet. Um, are we sure that that never happened? I can't be positive. Well, so we'll we'll leave that up to uh, we'll never know, but uh, that's that's <laughs> uh, on, more on topic though. Yeah, that was a, a great ladder match. Um, it's a little sad because I mean, very clearly they wanted you to think at first that this was DIY going to the main roster uh, as a tag team, and that this was it for them in NXT, and they kind of you know, walk arm in arm and high five the fans around ringside and everything. And they, they really sold it. The best part, and it's one of those little attention to detail things that WWE is still very good at, which is they put up the, like the end of show graphic, like the credits 
uh, right before Champa uh, turns and throws him into the into the uh, Titantron. Just a really nice little, uh, just a nice little touch that they you know they weren't quite as telegraphing it as they could have. So yeah, it was it was a, it was a great angle. Um, I'm sad because DIY have had the best match on like every show they've been on for six months or so, but maybe longer than that. But uh, yeah, as far as an, if they're not going to the main roster, there's really nothing left for them to do as a tag team. And uh, I'm interested to see what we get out of Champa as a heel. I mean, I know his nickname is the Psycho Killer, and you know he's obviously has something of a reputation on the indie scene, but my exposure to him is almost entirely NXT stuff. So seeing him get to kind of play the crazed maniacal heel could be, uh, could be really entertaining and a chance for him to kind of stand out because uh, no matter how good you are, when you're in a tag team with Johnny Gargano, you are only, you are always going to come off as the second best guy. Um, like if you told me, just as a side, I want to talk more about how much I love Johnny Gargano because he's just the best. And like, if you told me that he was like the best wrestler on the planet, I would have a really hard time arguing that point. Like in my head, I was trying to think, eh, no, he's, I can't be. But then I thought about like a guy who is like that good and that crisp and everything. Like, man, if he's not the best, he's certainly like, top five, top 10 in the world. Certainly in WWE is probably like top three. To me in North America, it's AJ Styles and Johnny Gargano. And it, I think AJ psychology wise might have him at this point. But as far as playing a baby face, Johnny Gargano, I think is better at this stage of the game. <laughs> I, I think, I think Johnny Gargano is the best wrestler in that company right now. Yeah, being being either the best or the best, not counting AJ Styles, is a is a pretty big compliment either way. So, <laughs> yeah, saying AJ Styles is better than you is hardly an insult. So, yeah, just a just a great show overall, though a lot of fun, very easy to watch. Uh, just yeah, good time, good time was had. To your point about Ciampa, I saw a lot of Ciampa when he was kind of playing monster heel in Ring of Honor, you know four or five, six years ago uh, when I was going to the TV tapings every month. And it was different because he was very green and he was also getting this monster heel push and he wasn't appreciably um, smaller than all the other Ring of Honor guys. I feel like he's a smaller guy <laughs> and to be playing that monster heel thing. I don't know how that's going to work, but... So I think, you know, to your point, it might have to be a little bit more of a psychotic kind of thing. But yeah, I'm curious to see see where that goes. What do you think of Hideo Tommy's showing? We, bo- we both kind of made the point last week that he really needed a strong showing. Do you think he delivered? Oh, absolutely. Um, really, really good match there. Uh, it's one of those things I think everybody knows that the big money feuds now are either, you know, are both with probably Roderick Strong and Bobby Roode or Drew McIntyre and Bobby Roode. So it was kind of hard to overcome that part of the, uh, I think part of part of that is just people, it took a while for the crowd to really start believing that Hideo could win. Um, 
but once they started to get the crowd and they started going uh, more into the, the near falls and stuff, I thought they did a great job. Um, don't like hard strikes to the face. Really, really don't want that in my wrestling in any company. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a very good match. Uh, they protected him to a certain extent because you had him hit the GTS and Rude fell out of the ring. Um, so if you wanted to do a rematch on TV between now and the next takeover, you absolutely could. Um, and then Rude, uh, I thought, yeah, Rude did a great job. Uh, it kind of worked the whole match around him hurting his arm and the, thus not being able to deliver the DET as effectively. I thought he did a great job with that. Um, really strong showing. Uh, it appeared from the, the YouTube clip or whatever they put up afterwards that Hideo was probably turning, which that's probably the right call just because if he's not you know once you lose clean to the top heel champion there's not there's not a lot of places for you to go as a baby face other than down so probably for the best but yeah i think he solidified himself as a you know a very good wrestler if that was in doubt uh you know kind of as far as what he had after all these injuries and then came the backlash show the very next evening in the very same building and uh, that felt like a very different show to me. NXT. <laughs> um, Shinsuke Nakamura made his main roster debut, televised main roster debut, and defeated Dolph Ziggler. Uh, they didn't do a whole lot. Ziggler took most of the match. And they're both in Money in the Bank. Uh, so I don't know really what the point of this was other than showing that showing Vince that Nakamura can sell, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't even as much of a, a showcase match as you would expect, I think. Like, uh, but to be fair, I'll be honest, I didn't see this match uh, in its entirety. I saw clips of it from on YouTube, but uh, from everyone's account, it does sound like it was less of a showcase and more of just your kind of traditional WWE match where he'll work some over for a long time and and wins is that and then the and the baby face makes his comeback and wins is that is that pretty much accurate that would be correct very patterned uh, but that's that's the way they do things uh the usos retained the tag team titles uh sammy zane beat baron corbin both of those guys earned money in the bank is corbin walking out of money in the bank with a briefcase i like then you have corbin cash in on gender somewhere down the line like uh, I haven't thought that far ahead. I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure that you've I mean, thought that far ahead. I guess you have a year, and there is a title rematch coming up on next week's SmackDown, so there's still a chance for them to re- reverse. <laughs> they could still pop a Yui here on this gender Mahal championship thing, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I thought the match was officially announced for... I know it was locally announced as a, a title match, but I thought it was... The official rematch is coming at Money in the Bank. Is that not accurate? I could be wrong. All I saw was the announcement because I saw they had also advertised, I think, Dolphin Nakamura again and something else. So they, yeah, yeah that's local. That's local advertising for New Orleans. Uh, as far as I know, the if the televised, you know, uh, not dark match, not house show match uh, rematch between Jinder and Randy will take place at Money in the Bank. Okay, well, there's still time. Anyway. Um, it's true. Yeah, I mean, to me, everybody else in that match, Dolph's not going to win it if there's a god. Um, 
Uh, I mean, AJ and Nakamura, I don't feel like they need it. I mean, AJ's already been champion. Nakamura is kind of on another level just because of, of who he is. So I don't really think you need either of those guys to have money in the bank. So the only guys that really seem to need elevation are Sammy and Corbin. And considering Corbin lost at the pay-per-view and then lost in like three seconds to Sammy in a rematch on uh, on the uh, SmackDown this week, uh, does seem like that's generally the pattern. The guy who loses a whole bunch before the pay-per-view then, then wins, at the, wins money in the bank. They did kind of change that last year, and they had Dean kind of win a whole bunch of matches right before he won. Yes, that's right, Falk, in case you've forgotten. Dean Ambrose was the world champion last year. Um, now he's not. And uh, He's wrestling the drifter. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the only guys who seem like would be in a position to be elevated would be Sammy or Corbin, and I just don't ever see Sami Zayn being a guy that Vince McMahon puts a championship on. I mean, I know there's like there's the Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, like CM Punk's like 2008 uh, title reign type of thing where they they give the underdog babyface the champion and then they just beat him all the time in non-title matches and then he holds the belt for two months while until they want to put it on a real star. So maybe, maybe it could be Sammy, but um, just the fact that that Corbin's lost so much lately, I kind of feel like it's going to be the reverse and Corbin's probably walking out with it. Sammy, Um, just, I'm going to, if Sammy ends up as champion, his, if Sammy ends up as champion, his title matches will be like third on the card. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, yeah. the, The CM Punk, the Chris Jericho, the, the uh, Eddie Guerrero Benoit type of world title reign, where you know, you say, "Oh, we they basically beat the guy all the time, put his matches on third, and then after two months, you go, Phew, kid's not gave him the title, kid's not over." So uh, yeah. yeah, I I could see. I, my guess is like it's either Corbin or Zayn, um, depending on how that story is booked going forward. That storyline, if they're still programmed together through Money in the Bank, I. Uh, Maybe we'll get more of a clear picture as we get closer, but those would, I think, be the two early favorites. The welcoming committee made Becky Lynch tap out. Becky, or they just hate her? They hate her. They hate her because she's more popular than they want her to be. They hate her so much. I'm I'm, going to leave that alone. You're, You're completely right. Worked up and it's not worth it this week. There was a great NXT show this week, and I'm not going to get worked up over this. Uh, Kevin Owens Styles. I uh, thought this was a very creative um, screw job finish, and as predicted, uh, they worked it like it was the first match of a long program. Uh, did you enjoy Kevin and AJ? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. For, I don't know that it would be possible for these guys to have a bad match, but yeah, I thought they had a very good match. And, I mean, there's a part of me that always thinks countouts and DQs on pay-per-view are lame. But in this case, they at least did something creative. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that finish before. Um, so, I, yeah, I thought it was a good match. It's the, the cowardly heel can't, knows he can't really beat the, beat the baby face straight up. So instead he, you know, 
cheats and and gets him hung up outside so he can't uh, can't get back in the ring and wins by count. I thought that was a good cheap heel way to win, um, and a really good match. And I'm all for these guys coming up, you know, feuding again and all summer if they want. Luke Harper beat Eric Rowan, which was inexplicably on pay-per-view at like 1030 on a Sunday night. <laughs> and I had been, uh, I had been watching this show at my fiance's house. And at this point I'm like, all right, I'm going home. I, I do not need to be watching this right now. I am going home. <laughs> <laughs> so I made it home. Uh, and I believe, uh, judging from your tweets, uh, that match, in fact, put you to sleep, Liam. So I don't think we have a lot of Harper and Rowan commentary, do we? Quite literally. Uh, Eric Rowan had him in a chin lock, and then I closed my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, the main event was already in the ring. So <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Luke Harper is is a man without a country, and he deserves better for how talented he is, but uh, you know, that's that's just wrestling in 2017. Um, but at least he won, right? Uh, sure. I, I don't know. I'm actually I asking. Know. He did win, right? Harper Harper beat Rowan. Yeah. Okay. So he's got that going for him, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> Jinder Mahal beat Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. This was worked like a WWE main event match straight out of about 2006, I thought. Maybe 2005, when Cena was first in main events. It sucked. Um, (laughs) They would work work a very kind of idiot-proof beast. Um... A little more bells and whistles, a little more crowd brawling, a little more run-ins. Uh, it was a very distinct main event style. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm thinking of, I don't know, any Cena match, say before, I don't know, the Umaga feud, or go back and watch Triple H and Randy Orton at No Mercy in 2007. Like that's what this match reminded me of. Like ten years ago. I liked that style, um, maybe because I hadn't seen everything under the sun now because of the internet um, and because of YouTube. But I liked that style 10 years ago. Uh, now it kind of stands out like a sore thumb that when you're used to seeing guys with the cardio of you know a Daniel Bryan or a CM Punk or an AJ Styles or something like that, um, the pace is just so much quicker now. And um, the guys are more athletic now, but I actually thought this was a good match um, because I like that style from 10 years ago, but do you see where I'm going with that? And just finish aside, what do you think of Orton and Jinder Mahal? Um, Orton and Jinder was okay. Orton versus the two Bollywood boys was really good. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. They, I mean, they took all the bumps like, there's a lot of portions of this match where Jinder's laying somewhere while Randy goes and chases the Bollywood boys around and beats them up. And then the guy who went on the the rant about how unsafe and dangerous and silly uh, it is to take all these risks on indie shows drops a very tiny man right on his head um, on top of the announce table. Um, 
I don't know. Like, I was just mad. I didn't want to see this match. I didn't want what happened to happen. And there was not a lot that was going to save this for me. And so to me, it felt like, yes, they tried every trick in the book to get to make this like a good match. And I guess it was pretty good, all things considered. But like it's the ending was what it was. And yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't embarrassing. It's not anywhere near the worst match of the year or anything. It was just it was just yeah, they tried very hard. If you want to give them credit for that, you're welcome to. Well, I they were going to they were going to do it, <laughs> and so I believe you referred to me as a nihilist uh, on this show last week. Um, yeah, maybe so. Uh, they're trying to monetize India. We know that's the reason. Um, he has no merch. That's completely fair. And a good point, and shows to how slipshod and he doesn't even have a logo. They put the the, the name, the t- little <laughs> things on his title. It's literally just his name. Yeah. Well, all I know is that people have been trying to talk about. People have been talking about trying to monetize China and monetize India for the last decade and nobody besides the NBA a little bit in China has been able to figure out how to do it because uh, there's no way to make this, to make, to explain why without sounding like a complete xenophobe that sounds like he should be working in the Trump administration, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, people have not been able to monetize China or India. And this is just the latest attempt at it. And it's a stab in the dark, I think. And I predict a short, short-ish title run. I don't know if it's a one-month deal, two-month deal, something like that. Um, I, I really don't even hate it because I just like seeing new blood. And it's like, well, at least this is a new guy. But then I saw him delivering his promo on SmackDown and... They go through all the pomp, pomp and circumstance of the Punjabi celebration, and now all that was wonderful. And then he took the mic and started cutting a promo, and it's no, he sucks, <laughs> dude. By the end of that promo, like he was getting a reaction like slightly bigger than like Eric Rowan. Like Ugh. the crowd got quieter as he went as he went along. That's not how it's supposed to work in a promo, and certainly not the first promo of your new world champion. Uh, it's just, it was just bad. Um, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I hope it's brief and I hope we're like, I don't, I understand the argument that Randy Orton in 2017 is the world champion is dumb. I made that argument two months ago when it was very clear that they were doing, when Randy Orton won the Royal rumble. And then again, when Bray Wyatt won the world title. And then again, when Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt had a bad match at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, there's no reason that Randy Orton should have been world champion. And I understand the argument that you would rather a random jobber win the title than watch Randy Orton in 2017. If that's your your thing, fine. But, like, this dude's just no good. And you got to get the belt off of him, like, quick. Unless you're just so 
unless, as you pointed out, there's no sure thing as how, of how to market to these other countries. And so unless you're somehow convinced yourself and it is proven very quickly that, you know, Jinder Mahal is a, is some kind of giant game changer in India. That's the only thing. If it works, then they're, they're a genius. And it really does show that nobody in, you know, nobody, no, you know, normal wrestling fans don't care about how a guy was booked before. Uh, and they're just excited, but I just, I don't see that happening. And it just feels like, yeah, in three years, um, if we're still doing this show, like someone's going to bring something up, we go, oh, yeah. And when, when Jinder Mahal will maybe still be with the company, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want anybody to lose their job. I hope he's still, I hope he's, you know, relatively successful in his life. But, like, in three years, going, oh, yeah, remember when they made that random geek world champion for a couple of months? Like, I think it's going to be that type of thing. And I don't think that's what you want. Um, and the smack, you know, the as far as in America at least, the Raw and SmackDown ratings are hitting more, you know, hitting record lows seemingly every week. So nothing, nothing WWE does to you know shake these things up seems to be helping. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. You try, you tried something really different. You're trying to get a different market, but it just sucks. And he sucks. And, you know, that's it. That's all I got. It's just no good. I'm not, uh, that's it. Like, it's just, it sucks and he sucks. I don't know what else to say. Do you think now that he's making world champion money, uh, do you think he can afford to pay to see a good dermatologist for whatever that is all over his back? Dude needs to exfoliate, like, (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's that's gross. Um, and yeah. again, I'm not trying to be anyone's moral moral compass, or but don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Don't talk about him dieting and how hard he trains. All right, I all want right. to hear that. All right, not you or anybody else, all right. especially not you. <laughs> Uh, you're talking about uh, how Raw and SmackDown ratings have been in the toilet recently. And I was looking at um, SmackDown results before I had a chance to see any of the show or see any highlights from the show this week. And I saw that they had, they named all the Money in the Bank participants already and they had the Orton and Gender rematch set for Money in the Bank already. And I'm thinking, wow, four weeks out. Way, it's usually about a week quicker than they usually have like a, a full card. Uh, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, next week is Memorial Day, and they're just gonna they're gonna punt on Monday because they're no one's gonna watch the show, and then they're gonna punt on Tuesday just because it's the day after Monday. <laughs> so right. that's why the, I think that's why they they already have a Money in the Bank card, and uh, it's good they're they're punting next week. So, um, we will probably punt next week too, but before we do that, uh, would you, did you have any thoughts on Monday Night Raw this week? They keep having the, uh, the guys in that fatal five way beat each other. Um, Paul Heyman cut a promo, uh, in a segment with Finn Balor that I think did a lot to elevate Balor. And, um, I guess those are kind of the main things on Raw. Anything catch your eye there that you, you wanted to comment on this week? Yeah, that Heyman promo was awesome. Um, 
And I, I found it fascinating, especially because he basically threw his promo was basically flying in the face of everything they've tried to like everything the announcers have said about Balor for like the last month since he's been back, which is like he's too small, he's the underdog and all that stuff. Um, even stuff Balor has said himself in promos. And the whole gimmick was that, you know, he's too small. That's why he lost to Roman, that kind of stuff. And then you have Paul come out and cut this promo about how, you know, anybody, the other four guys in this match, if they go, go against Brock, they're victims. But, you know, Finn, Finn is tougher. Finn will do, will do whatever it takes to win, all this stuff. I thought it was great. Um, really, really solid, really effective. And then Finn had a really fun match with Carl Anderson, uh, just kind of randomly. But uh, yeah. yeah, now what? And that's going to be the same thing I said last week, and I'm going to say it every week until that Fatal Five Way is over. If he now wins and challenges Brock in July, I'm gonna be really pissed that they had ran- that they had Roman beat him for no reason. But uh, until then, uh, like to me, this if you, this should be the long bill now. Like wait till Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble for the Finn Brock match. I mean, ideally that should be your Mania main event and Finn should win. But I think we know where the Mania card is heading. So yeah, I mean that would be to me that would be my pick for that's that that would be my WrestleMania main event right now. Uh, would be Finn, would be Finn and Brock, and you do. You keep them apart, and you have Finn build and build and build, and maybe at Survivor Series he gets a one-on-one match with Roman again, and he beats Roman, and then, and then you go on, you have him win the Royal Rumble, and then you go on and have him challenge Brock. That's what I would do, and I think Finn. I don't know if Finn's the guy for the next ten years. I know he's like thirty-four or whatever he is now, but he could be the guy for three or four years, I think, um, if they really got behind him. And it looked last summer like they were, um, and then. Maybe the injury scared them off, but uh, yeah, short term at the very least. Uh, I want to see Brock Lesnar and Finn Balor wrestle, so they've got me excited for a match that they will probably deliver on sometime in the next year. So that makes me happy. I like I like the idea. I like to be excited. I like I like you know good promos to get me excited to see wrestling matches. Uh, it's such a novel concept in 2017. But uh, it does still work. This, the basic stuff still does work, especially when you have a guy like Paul Heyman cutting that promo for you. You have to see a bad show, which is also living proof that the simple stuff still gets over. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just... Um, no, I'm sorry. We're experiencing some lag and some technical problems, so it's probably as good time as any to get out of here. But I will ask, do you have anything else this week, or should we take it home? Let's run on home now. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, like I said, we're probably punting next week because it seems like WWE's punting next week. Um, but we'll be back very soon. So until until then, uh, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the elite podcast network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, 
We've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I leave my setup the same way every week. I just unplug it, and yet every time I need to plug back, plug everything back in, it's everything's tangled, and the mic thing is disconnected from the rest of the the stand. It's ah, oh. <laughs> what a nightmare! Right? Got to talk about Jinder Mahal. Yeah. See, I'm not like funny angry about that. Like, oh, I'm I'm just in a bad mood. Like, I'm just, <laughs> like wrestling put me in a bad mood this week. All right. So rather, all right. Let's let's just get into this. Maybe I'll get funny angry by the time we get to gender. I hope so. All right. Now watch them panic and like go out and change every title on TV next week. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be racist. Somebody's gonna. <laughs> that one time, that one time, the biggest star in the history of wrestling turned out to be racist, <laughs> and we had to like, and we had like a great show, and then had to record a little like prologue for it because we could <laughs> not talk about it, and it just ruined everything. Um, yeah, ruined ruined all thirty two years of my life. <laughs> yeah, <What? laughs> well, that's sad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> from on many from on many levels. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so unless something that level, that level, or as you said, unless there's like a new, unless you know, the Drifter beats Brock for the title or something, you can. I try to keep on keeping on. <laughs> 